0: This is an RNZ podcast. Can they do it? So Lisa is also in the final of the K2, as we just mentioned, with Caitlin Regal. That's an under an hour. Stay with us, you won't want to miss any of that. More reaction to this gold medal next.
1: Was TBNZ's Olympic anchor Tony Street last Tuesday, just after kayaker Lisa Carrington had won her third Olympic gold medal, and that made her New Zealand's most gilded female Olympian ever. And the reason TBNZ busted out Beyoncé telling us it's girls run the world to take us into the ad break.
0: Yeah. It's hot,
1: Later that night, Tom Walsh's shot put competition with the other big guys was ushered in with the soundtrack from Madagascar 2. Now, by that point, Lisa Carrington had won another gold in the K2. Then we got a bronze in the boxing and a silver in the K49 sailing, during which Stephen Beaver Donald on the new sports network SENZ had to remind himself and the listeners that were actually on the radio and not on TV. That was dramatic. It is very dramatic, mate. It's <laughs> great. Again, we can't say great viewing because... Our poor listeners, i not watching this. And after all that, News Hub site breathlessly reported that New Zealand was third on the medals table. That's the one for medals per capita, behind only Bermuda and San Marino. Now it's only countries obsessed with punching above their weight that ever look for those rankings, though weirdly they don't say as much about the medals per competitor table. With twice as many competitors as Ireland, which has roughly the same population, we languish in the mid-30s in that ranking, punching about our weight with the likes of Denmark and Croatia.
0: Another gold on this
1: marvellous day of canoeing.
0: Olympic champions, New
1: Well, as we now know, Lisa Carrington went on to become the goat in the boat and winning more gold medals on the water to become our most decorated Olympian full stop, never mind the gender. Though gender was the agenda for most of the media who turned up to the women's super heavyweight weightlifting on Monday evening. Big lift for Laurel Hubbard. Needs this to stay in the competition. No, it's gone out the back door. What a shame. What a shame. Well, that will be the end of Laurel Hubbard's competition. And she
0: bows out, thanks the crowd, for their support.
1: That was indeed the end of Laurel Hubbard's Games, but not the end of the media noise around her. While she didn't even come close to a medal, she made more global headlines than any other Kiwi Olympian. Even though these Olympics are fan-free, Laurel Hubbard still drew a crowd on Monday. Among them, RNZ's Maya Burry, who explained it was almost all media.
0: And when she stepped onto the platform to perform her first lift, the sound of the cameras clicking it really was unlike anything I've ever heard before. And I think it does give you a bit of an indication of the significance of this moment in Olympic history.
1: And among the camera-carrying crowd was the BBC's chief sports correspondent, Dan Rowan. It was an appearance that made Olympic history. Laurel
0: Hubbard may not have won a medal here today, but this was still a major milestone for trans athletes. And regardless of her performance, she will remain at the very centre of one of the most divisive issues in sport. One that is forcing it to confront the tension between inclusivity and fairness.
1: Well, that question of fairness was on the minds of all of the reporters, too, though reporters were reluctant to ask the question on their minds straight out when confronting the actual competitors. I was wondering, you know, what you felt about that and what you felt that, that it took place in, in your sport. However, the bronze medalist on the night, Sarah Robles from the US, made it pretty clear they would get no comment from her. No, thank you. And on its live blog, Stuff warned its readers here that it would not publish any comments other than acceptable comments regarding her performance lifting weights that night. Now, while this issue was divisive, TVNZ's reporter Fenner Owen pointed out this irony before the event. Both those vehemently for and against Olympic trans athletes really want her to win. And after it, press journalist Philip Matthews made a similar point. Ironically, the people most disappointed she didn't win are those who opposed her being there. And it was the very definition of a lose lose situation for Laurel Hubbard herself. And that's something an expert and author on transgender rights and policy, Professor Jamie Taylor at the University of Toledo, told NewsHub's reporter Michael O'Keefe back in June.
0: I don't usually go in the media because I don't want to get attacked. Perhaps that's the reason why Hubbard hasn't done media so since she was named in the Olympic team earlier this week. If you could say something to Laurel, what would it be? I I understand why you're you're quiet because that that's the way that I've been throughout most of my professional life as well. Much like you, I show up and do my job. So I get it because the the scrutiny that you face is is pretty pretty high.
1: Well, it certainly was this week. And News Hub's Michael O'Keefe there was one of few reporting on Laurel Hubbard's situation who actually included an authentic trans voice. Now, some in the media, though, formed their opinions just off the top of their heads. I've missed that one. So, so what, who is she? She's um... she's a transgender. Right. Uh,
0: weightlifting in the women's category. She's born a man. Yes, right. Yeah, and she's very
1: good. Oh, she shouldn't be be there. If you're born a man, you can't compete in the women's.
0: I just, I just can't see how. It's that fair. is
1: a complicated debate that I don't think in thirty seconds or less we were able to do justice. I this prefer to sporting. be less. Yeah, but how can you be born a man and then compete in the women's section? News Hub's Duncan Garner there with an on-the-spot opinion back in March 2019 on the AM show, though he hadn't changed his on-air opinion after Hubbard's failure on Monday night. I've got an issue with her being in the women's action. Yeah. She was born
0: a man, correct? Yes. Okay. So she has muscle memory and
1: traits of man in her strength. Yeah. I don't think it's fair. And I don't think it's right. But this time in the AM studio, there was a veteran sports journalist, Brendan Telfer, able to drop in a fact or two.
0: I heard what you've said just a few moments ago. Well, I'm just for the record, I'm no doctor or scientist, but I have interviewed enough of experts in these fields Mm. and time and time again they tell me which makes sense is that when you transition from a male to a female you undergo certain medical procedures which I can't talk with any great uh, expertise on but what they effectively do is they reduce the testosterone level of this transgender person so Lauren Harbord although she was a male weightlifter in her junior years as a a male has lost all of that strength can't you you see that? No, No I can't see that Well, she has.
1: But that's not to say there aren't legitimate questions to explore and grey areas for sports journalists to explain, though some who tried to do that were criticised for it. New Zealand Herald sports editor at large Dylan Cleaver said this in an opinion piece last Monday before Laurel Hubbard's competition. The legitimacy of her presence at Tokyo is complex, and those who dismiss
0: it as she's only playing by the rules laid down by the International Olympic Committee could be accused of answering the wrong question. Even the IOC's medical and science director
1: has said the current guidelines were no longer fit for purpose and that the science has moved on. And that is true, and it's the reason why, Dylan Cleaver said, many New Zealanders, including himself, admired Laurel Hubbard, yet remained uncomfortable or unsure about her competing. Well, After Laurel Hubbard tried and failed to lift those weights on Monday, Daily Mail sports writer Raith Al-Samari summed up her situation like this. One has to admire Hubbard and sympathise too, because she stood at the middle of a frenzied intersection between sport, science and gender politics. And it's all the more remarkable in that case that the least frenzied and most economical voice of all in the media was that of Laurel Hubbard herself. In the obligatory post-competition interviews she was honest about being overwhelmed by the Olympic occasion on Monday and when Sky Sports' Ricky Swinnell asked her about the second lift which was flagged as a foul by two judges but not all three, Laurel Hubbard had no complaints. Weightlifting does have rules of course like any sport and uh, if I've broken or contravened those rules then uh,
0: it must have been a no
1: lift. And then inevitably came questions about her eligibility. How are you
0: able to, to block out the periphery, the interest in just just but you get out there, perform and perform well for New Zealand? Oh, that's a good question. Um, I'm not sure it's possible for any person to really block out everything that's happening in the world, Um, but uh, you just do what you can and get on with it.
1: And in a subsequent press conference with reporters where Laurel Hubbard was clearly uncomfortable, she showed a combination of self-awareness and self-deprecation that's not always evident in our sports people or indeed just about anyone who finds themselves in public life.
0: I think I told someone that I'm looking forward to my career as a pub quiz question or a trivial pursuit card. That might sound slightly facetious, but there is a kernel of truth in that. Um, I've never been involved in sport because I'm interested in publicity or profile. Uh, and so uh, if it means that I now begin to descend into graceful obscurity, then uh, I'm OK with that.
1: Now, this wasn't Laurel Hubbard's first big competition on the big stage. This may be her last. But there's little chance of this trailblazer fading into obscurity, no matter how much or how little she engages with the media from now on. And even though she never sought to be a spokesperson, this response, when asked rather awkwardly for her message to supporters and all New Zealanders, is also one we'll probably be hearing again.
0: I think the world is changing, and there are opportunities for people to be out in the world and and do things just as any other person would do. And so if there's one thing I'd like to pass on, it's this. Life is difficult. There are disappointments. I know I certainly have some today, as do we all. But uh, if you just keep pressing on, it does get better.
1: And on the subject of pressing on, a more successful Olympian than Laurel Hubbard, rower Eric Murray, made this point on the AM show last Tuesday
0: we should sort of be celebrating the fact that she is a trailblazer because this isn't going away. If we look at it, and we're only probably, what, 40 years ago, where we were sitting here in sport going, oh, are they going to let women compete in our events? This is a male sport. Yes. You know, so we've, we've got, we're in that conversation at the Go moment ahead. where tra- trans athletes aren't going away, so we've just got to figure out how they fit into the uh,
1: equation, which mm-hmm. is sport. Well, that conversation he spoke of there has often been a shouting match when it's about Laurel Hubbard, with lots of ignorance and overreaction turning up the volume. Laurel Hubbard was a catalyst for it, but also maybe a calming influence.